Previously on Those Were the Days. She also has those chef asbestos hands. So Julia's a big hero of mine. It's like watching the nurses deal with your newborn child. Looks like sweet tea, but that's that's a long island. And she developed shark repellent. So that's where Batman got his shark repellent. Swedish chef is clearly, now I understand, a play on the French chef. Suplexing chickens. (laughs) And she so reminded me of those kind of ladies. 100% of chickens tested had salmonella on them. But I feel like Julia Child talking about chicken really highlights the differences between then and now. Those Were the Days is filmed before a live internet audience. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, madame et monsieur, my dominant hand, and welcome to Those Were the Days. We have an amazing almost hour of nearly free podcasting show business for you tonight. We are going to test our host's knowledge on late 90s alternative music acts. We will meet a man who can use chopsticks with only his nostrils, and our musical guest this evening is teabagged by Poseidon. I'm your host, TV's Travis, but I can't do this alone. Oh, no, no, no. With me is my former sister-in-law's ex-wife's college roommate, Stephen Adams. You shouldn't smoke, kids, but if you do, you should learn how to eat, regurgitate, re-eat, re-regurgitate, then swallow those cigarettes. I mean, how much harm could eating the cigarettes really do anyway? And you'll make a bunch of money, or at least entertain a couple people for a few minutes. Your cool-ass pal who just wants to make out with all the chicks, Amy Frost... What can I say about a show whose one redeeming quality was that the musical guest had a theremin? And we can't have a show without a member of the fabulous sweatsuit squad. It's Audie Norman. The Comedy Central Pitch Department. Herb speaking. Oh, hey, Marv. Been a while. What you got for me now? Representing a magician named Tom Mollica. Okay, what's his act? Uh Uh-huh. With cigarettes? Really? Sorry, sorry, no, I just had something bad for lunch. Go on. So he does what now? <laughs> nope, I'm, I'm okay, but I think that's all I need to hear. We got a little variety show I think he'd be perfect for. I mean, heck, we've got an animated talking poop on the network now. Hard to tell what isn't acceptable anymore. Talk to you later, Marv. We'll set it up. If you haven't figured it out by now, we are talking about variety shows this month, and I decided to go really weird and off the board with uh, our first entrant into that, which is a lesser-known show from the late 90s on Comedy Central called Viva Variety. It was a spoof on kind of European variety shows, uh, while also being just a straight variety show of its own. Um, It did star Thomas Lennon and Carrie... uh, Oh, what is her last name? I forget. Now. Mulligan. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> uh, so they it was uh, they were playing the characters of Mister and the former Mrs. LePan, Meredith LePan and Agatha. Um, and then they had their announcer slash friend, I guess Johnny Blue Jeans, who was played by Michael Ian Black. These were all members of the comedy troupe The State. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I liked about this show was that they played, those were the characters they played, and that was it. They didn't have other characters that were on the show. They just had their variety acts, whether it be 
magic, some sort of weird talent, uh, their musical acts, um, and they would do little sketches and skits in there. And they would also involve members of the audience and do some games. Um, we watched season two, episode five uh, of the show. It ran for three years, 1997 to 1999. Uh, so first what I want to know is, starting with Audie, had you ever heard or remember Viva Variety at all, uh, let alone watched any of it? Not at all. <laughs> like, don't remember it, never heard of it. This was totally new watch for me. Okay. All right. Uh, Steven, how about you? Had you heard of this show, let alone seen it? I'm, I'm assuming you hadn't seen it since nobody... No, I definitely hadn't seen it, but I also definitely hadn't heard of it before. But I'm going to tell you something about the way Viva Variety made me feel. <laughs> I watched this, and I was transported to a time where I was sitting in my bedroom with my stupid 8th grade friends on my blue carpet, staring at the TV, Comedy Central, looking at them laughing while I was trying desperately to understand what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was... That's where I mentally... I felt like I was walking into a time portal. It was amazing. (laughs) Mentally set myself as (laughs) 13-year-old Steven. It was wild. How about you, Amy? Were you at all familiar with this show? Like, I feel like I probably heard... Like the the Comedy Central bumper preview for it, but I had never watched it. Unlike Stephen, I was not transported. I was looking through a window and into the nineties, and I did want to pull the shade down. And I just like on, like on behalf of everyone, um, from myself and everyone else who was alive in the nineties, I'm just I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what happened. So. I do remember this show. Um, I remember it debuting. I I had watched a little bit of The State, um, but I was much more of a fan of uh, Kids in the Hall. That was kind of the the real like sketch comedy that I watched, but I knew of The State. And then this show came around, and I don't know what it was about it, but my friends and I just enjoyed watching it, and it led into, a lot of times, it led into the first season or two of South Park. And we were watching a lot of that at the time as well. So... Uh, Michael Ian Black, who went on to have quite the career, as did Thomas Lennon and Carrie Ke- uh, Kenny. That's her name. Yeah, she was. She played Agatha. They all went on to have quite a career, whether it was Reno Nine One One or you know various other things. The thing that I enjoyed about this show, and I, I feel as though I'm on an island here, uh, <laughs> is that I found it to be just this really dumb, goofy thing that had it had this this brand of humor that knew exactly what it was trying to be. Like, there there were episodes where they would have fake commercials, like old variety shows would have in the middle of it. But they would be, like, they had a, an episode with a fake commercial for their Viva Variety brand cigarettes, except it, they couldn't actually do a commercial for it because they weren't allowed to. So the <laughs> whole thing was a parody of mid-show uh, ad placement by talking about how they can't do a commercial for it. And nice. you shouldn't smoke, but if you do, these are these would be the type of cigarettes you would say have a very smooth taste to them. But we can't say that. Um, <laughs> that kind of thing, That's and good. and there was that, and then the games themselves that they would play were silly, and they're so dumb. But for some reason, they just made me laugh. Uh, this particular episode, they played the game chicks with dicks, 
where they would. I have never wanted to crawl out of my own skin quite so badly. Oh, dear God. <laughs> the 90s, man, was okay. a time. I'm so sorry, everybody. I don't know. I mean, I was there. I feel like I should have done something. I don't know. I was in high school. I don't, I don't know. I but, didn't have a lot of power then. But but I should I'm explain. That I let, the, I'm sorry I let this happen. The game <laughs> was about getting an audience member to name famous actors or people named Dick. Mm-hmm. So... It was a lot of innuendo. This show was rated TV PG, by the way. Wow. Which blows my mind, some of the stuff they could get away with. There was an earlier episode where they played a, another uh, one of those types of games, but it was um, it was Mork, Bjork, Bork, or Pork. And so they would, <laughs> they would give you a thing, and you had to guess which one of those it fell into. Or one I saw also, uh, another one of their games was um, Dunking for Dollars where they would bring up an audience member and offer them money to dunk somebody in a dunk tank. But it would be like a, an, an elderly priest or an, an <laughs> old woman. And, the, and it was the moral question of, will you dunk this person for 20 bucks? And so it's just silly, silly games like that. But the, the variety acts they would get were real you know, performers, Tom Mullica being the one in this who does. I'd seen his act before. <laughs> Not not just from Viva Variety. I've seen that act. It is the most unique, I would say, magical act that I've ever seen. There's nobody else that ever did that, and for good reason. Yeah. Uh, because he would basically <laughs> eat an entire pack of cigarettes for yeah. his lit cigarettes for his act every night. Uh, along with what? Probably, I would say, an inch thick stack of uh, paper napkins. Yeah, yeah, napkins. No, thank you. Mm-mm. What I want to know, how do you find out about uh, an ability like that? You have pica, is how you find yeah. out. You have pica and you are untreated. This is how you find out. And, and apparently, so Tom Mullica actually had, he had an act going and then he met Red Skelton. And Red Skelton kind of told him like, hey, you should, you know, you've, you've got something kind of cool here, but you should do it without any dialogue. Don't talk. Kind of mind mm-hmm. it all. And that will allow you. So he was big overseas because he didn't have to deal with the language barrier. He could just do his act like a clown. And and they so love cigarettes. They yeah. do. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Four and, at a time. You know, whatever it takes. And like his look too. He's just got like a very goofy. You know, very. It, you can see the the red skeleton uh, type of influence on mm-hmm. his like facial expressions and things like that as he's doing. Oh, it. for and, sure. Just the weirdness of the whole act. It's so bizarre, you almost can't look away from it. It's no, like no, I looked away plenty. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about pre-show. Like, had me so scared. Yeah. Like, I had to Steve was like, I had to prepare myself. I had to go. I was like, yeah. what are Steve was like, I, my stomach could take it. I, I almost blew chunks right here watching it. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm this you know, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Like I'm a Ripley's Believe It or Not fan, and like people eating bowling balls and like choking them back up does not get me for whatever reason. And I don't taste the cigarettes. You know, like when you watch it, you can kind of feel you're like, oh man, that's terrible. I'm just like, look at this guy. He's like a cartoon character. And my, there's disbelief. I'm like, where is he stashing these? Like, has he got like a is he like a gerbil? Is he packaging? It? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure he ate those things. Yeah, no, he did, uh, and you know he didn't live to be very old. 
unfortunately. I yeah yeah. Sure. I had a magician Inshallah. friend in college, um, and he used to do a trick where he would um, hammer a nail up his nose. Mm-hmm. And do you know that you know what the trick is to hammering yeah, a nail yeah. up your nose? Is that you? You hammer a nail up. You your hammer nose. a nail up your nose. Like, yeah, you yeah. Do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's human yeah. block. Just do it right. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is, I feel like, similar. The real yeah. trick is no, eating it's, cigarettes. Is you just eat the cigarettes? It's a uh, yeah. It's a carnival mm-hmm. trick. It's like a sideshow attraction where you know it's yeah. a human blockhead. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. he basically somehow somewhere along the line figured out he could do that with them lit, which is the crazy part. Um, it's like the guy who eat a, eats a light bulb, right? I mean, yeah. they eat a light bulb. That is what they do. It's, Amy's exactly right. There is no, there is no trick. There's just no. they do the thing yeah. that a normal sane person doesn't do. And hey, but I he mean, did it with flourish. He did it with flourish, and he made a career out of it. So, well, sure, if you do sure, it, you why? know, in secret, then you wind up on, you know, a TLC special. When <laughs> <laughs> your family gathers around and they try to help you. <laughs> My strange addiction, yeah. featuring Tom Malika. Yeah. yeah, at least he got paid. Can't stop for it. eating lit cigarettes, yo. And then, <laughs> and then the show would have uh, sometimes. This episode had a little dance number um, from the swimsuit squad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was very much their version of trying to be the fly girls from In Living Color. Was basically mm-hmm. what they were going mm-hmm. for with that. Uh, and then their musical guest in in this episode, it was Fishbone, and Amy mentioned the theremin. Now, here's the so thing: that I remember this. Fishbone. I remember this specific episode because at this point in my life, I had heard a theremin many times. Anybody who's a fan of Star Trek has heard a theremin yeah, before, yeah. Mm-hmm. but I had never seen a theremin. And this episode came on when I was 15, 16, 17 years old. I think I was fifteen or sixteen, and I watched it. and And I'm watching. And I, I don't know that I had ever been uh, had anyone explain what a theremin was to me. And so I saw this, and it just looked like dark magic. I'm like, why is that yeah. guy waving his hand over a thing on that desk? And and sound is coming. What is going on? And so, mm-hmm. and the remember. best part is though, right? So it's in a suitcase, mm-hmm. which at the end of the act he packs up and he has with him because they do the thing that all of these shows do at the end, where everybody's just there and they say goodbye, and he still got it. The yep. whole time, mm-hmm. it's just like, like handcuffed to his wrist, the theremin. <laughs> he is not letting that case. theremin go. Well, he was ahead of his time, right? I mean, you're right. People know about him now. They know about him because YouTube. But back then, like, you might know the sound, but holy, the dude's playing electromagnetic waves. Like this, he's just playing air, and it's the blue. I actually wrote down, "Holy cow, is that a theremin?" In my notes, because uh, I was just I did so Google to make sure. Stunned. I was like, "I am seeing mm-hmm. this right," because there's a lot. They had happening. every, they had every instrument that's quirky yeah. uh, known to man in that band. They yeah, had a zydeco yeah. at yeah. one point. I don't yeah. know if you heard that. They had the clav, the old uh, the clav. What do they call those? I don't know. Stevie Wonder instrument. Yeah, yeah. They had mm-hmm. they had the theremin. I don't know what those dudes were saying. I have no clue. <laughs> but it was awesome. And I'm going to look up some fishbone. Yeah, That's that all I know. Good. Yeah, they yeah. were cool. Uh, I also have a, very 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have a little game for us in a, in a few minutes that we're going to oh, we're gonna play. No. Uh, but the thing... So I also enjoyed like the sketches that they would do or the little bits that they would do. Because, again, they're the only characters are these three. Mm-hmm. And... Like the 
for me, it was I found it very funny when the when Meredith and Agatha are sitting there reading their notes back and forth to each other of the way that they addressed <laughs> each other. That was such a dumb bit, but it just it's the delivery of it made me laugh. Or, you know, the whole thing of like he's introducing himself and then he goes, he can't be possibly be as dumb as he looks. Johnny Blue Jeans. And like <laughs> if you've followed Michael Ian Black's career, he's a really smart guy. But this character is crazy there. Mm-hmm. At one point, they make a joke about he had made these movies um, prior to Viva Variety called Hugo, the talking Hugo. And it was like <laughs> this weird parody of Herbie the Love Bug. <laughs> sure. Uh, so there's all sorts of silly stuff like that. And it's just, it's such dumb humor, but it made me laugh. And so I enjoyed it. Um, and that was the type of humor that would go throughout all of it, whether it was them having audience members guess if it was a piece of high fashion or uh, Klingon costume from Star Trek <laughs> was one of their games, uh, which is harder than you would think. To, to determine. Yeah, I've seen Paris Fashion Week. That just <laughs> happened, and I, mm-hmm. I would be very lost. So I, I thought it was a silly show, but I do have a game for you um, because our musical guest was Fishbone. So I want to play a little yeah. game called Is This a 90s-era alternative band that was on, uh, that was featured on Viva Variety at some point, or is it just something that I made up? <laughs> oh, this would be good. Oh, so... You don't have to, if if it is a band, they were featured on the show, okay? So I'm going to start with Steven, all right? I'm going to give you a name, mm-hmm. and you have to guess, yes or no, was this a band featured on there, all right? Yeah. Sister Hazel. Yes. Yes, it was. That is correct. Ha <laughs> ha, ding, ding, ding. They were good. All right, Amy, your question, Wailing Souls. Mm, it sounds too much like a band, so I'm going to go, you made that up. No, that was actually a band on an oh, episode see. of Viva Variety. Yeah. I thought you were. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right, Audie, here's one for you. Here we go. Crucial Taunt. You made that up. I didn't make it up, but it, it is a band from Wayne's World. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. So they were not on Viva Variety. Uh, going back to Steven, all right? Yep, yep, I'm ready. The Monsters of Mandalore. No, that's made up. That is a fantasy football team name. That's <laughs> a yes. good fantasy football team name. Actually. That's a very good one. I like that. Amy, to you, we have mm-hmm. G-Love and Special Sauce. That's got to be a band. That is a band, correct. Very good one, actually. I like G-Love and Special Sauce. Uh, and finally, Audie, for you, we have three men and a little lady. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's a band. That is incorrect. That is a movie starring a Tom movie. Selleck. Yeah. Uh, that's the sequel to Three Men uh, and se- a Baby. The sequel to Three Men mm-hmm. and a Baby. <laughs> Did not remember they made a sequel. <laughs> Was it... Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg, Gutenberg and, uh, and Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Yeah. Yep. That's right. Uh, I an- forgot about that sequel. That uh-huh. was yeah. gotten big time. Yeah. 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 Um, another band was Luscious Jackson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they, 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 all, they, did, uh, they did kind of uh, go for a lot of these like alternative um, kind of rock acts on the show. So 
fish. Real boat. big fish was on there too. Real I saw big that. fish. Nice. The mighty mighty boss tones uh, were on the yeah. Royal Crown Review that I remember. This was in the late '90s, kind of swing boom. It so. was a ska swing horns in every band kind of moment mm-hmm. in yes. time. Yes, yes, it was. That was good. That was good in the '90s. <laughs> that was it's still good, in the good 90s. today. Ska music is the music that plays in a seven-year-old's head when the plate of um, mozzarella sticks comes out, and that is 100% correct. That is accurate. Scott, (laughs) I can be having the worst day, and if I put on real big fish, it will turn into the best day. And the funny thing is, I have have often said that uh, the funny thing about like real big fish especially is it's the most peppy, upbeat music with just the most depressing lyrics you'll ever hear. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Real Big Fish's first major hit was a song called Everything Sucks. Like, Mm -hmm. they just... But then you listen to punk music, and it's all this angry stuff, but the lyrics are all positive, and like, do your own thing, and you're you're awesome. Like, it's so crazy to listen to, but yes, Mm -hmm. ska... Especially that third wave ska, that nine, mm-hmm. that mid nineties, late nineties ska will just put you in a happy mood. Doesn't matter because it's such. Like all yeah. of a sudden, you're just wearing like checkerboard shoes. Like I don't know how it yeah. happened, but here we yeah. are playing mini golf mm-hmm. somewhere. Yep. <laughs> and, and like real big fish, they have a they have their most recent album called Life Sucks. Let's dance. Uh, listen to that, and that'll be stuck in your head for days. And it's just great pandemic era album, and you're just. You're like, you know what? F it. The world's burning <laughs> down. Let's have a good time. But it's, it's the same thing if I listen to like old Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. If I listen to mm, yeah, uh, sure. Royal Crown Review was one I remembered because I really enjoyed them. And then I was like, holy crap, they're on a TV show? This is crazy. Because, you know, some of these bands you'd never think to hear of. Or, like, I was introduced to G-Love and Special Sauce from Viva Variety. Yeah. So Wow. Well, I'm taking uh, Fishbone with me from this show, so thank you for that. You're welcome for that. Apparently not for anything else, but that's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's good. <laughs> it's, you know, the the thing was, I've been on this kick lately ever since I heard, I read the, the thing on Twitter about parodies that are actually a good version of the thing they're parodying, and that was mm-hmm. what drew me to this. Because I looked at a bunch of different variety shows, um, and I know there's classic ones, and there's like sketch comedy. I, I thought about SNL, but I like SNL kind of, I want it to be its own category for us at some point. And like, sure. yeah. I, I probably sifted through a dozen kids in the hall episodes trying to find one that I wanted to do, but I just never quite found the, the thing that fit what I wanted to do for a variety show. Those were sketches. Yeah. And yeah. then I remembered this show and I thought, Oh, this is perfect because it's, it's got my stupid humor in it, <laughs> but it also has like the variety show aspect of everything, which is a type of show that really fell out of favor by this point in time yeah. um, in mm-hmm. television history. Like they really, the variety shows were huge in the forties, the fifties, the sixties. Yeah. Everybody had one. Everybody was on them into well, the seventies. I mean, we got yeah. YouTube. Yeah. So you can watch a video of a band playing a song, and then you can watch somebody do something stupid, and then you can watch like an animal do a trick, and then <laughs> I mean, you don't need something someone about, on TV to do it. Right. There's something about doing that together at the same time on network television, though. Oh, totally. That is 
is a different experience. Like, and we we're gonna have to revisit this category because you're right. This stretch is all Sid Caesar's show of shows, like all the mm-hmm. way back to the forties. Yeah, like this is this is this ruled television. It ruled yeah. for a year. The, mm-hmm. the four shows we picked, like I've looked at the list. They're four shows, but I can think of ten more oh, we yeah. could have thrown in the oh, mix sure. that we that we aren't touching. Like it's amazing. And and the thing with variety shows, they not only ruled television for a long time, but they were the way you found out about certain things. You know, right. yeah. America yeah. found out about the Beatles uh-huh. because of Ed Sullivan. Mm-hmm. You know, you learned about the Rolling Stones because they would play a variety show. And really, from like the early seventies on, you had. Saturday Night Live, and you had some of the late night talk shows, which even those slowly went away from the variety show style to just straight yeah. talk shows. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was it. Like, you just didn't get them anymore, except for SNL. Uh, even in Living Color, was, you know, that was sketch comedy with occasionally a musical act. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Kids yeah. in the Hall was sketch comedy. So Viva Variety for me was kind of a, a cool thing to look at because it was is at the very end of kind of what we're looking at in terms of eras of television. But it was trying to bring that idea back but do it in a new way with this. It only lasted a couple of years. It wasn't super popular. Um, But I felt like it did a good job of trying to be a variety show and at least trying to do that format again. And I think it was also very smart of them to do it in t- you know a half hour time block. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. We're going to mm-hmm. get in. We're going to do a couple of rapid fire, stupid things, play a song, and get out. And yeah. it, it's not expensive to shoot, really. I mean, all, all of your money is going to paying the, the band and the, the variety acts, which yeah. we, we all know those don't get paid very well. So uh, having a, a small cast and can do it, you know, in a, in a small studio and have a small studio audience there. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing that um, I can understand why it didn't last very long, and given the fact that I am outvoted three to one on whether or not it was any good, uh, I get it. <laughs> so I think the audience thing, I think I think that might have been part of it too, because I was trying to figure out like because there was something off putting about the audience laugh, and I think that's what it was, is because it's such a small audience, and you can tell like they mm. did not sweep yeah. it at all, mm. and so you can tell that there's like. 20 people there and it just it, <laughs> for whatever reason it was like because the the sort of the 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 show is try, like the story of the show is that it's you know it's the big european variety show but it's here in the u.s and so you like feel like it should be bigger and that it is definitely 20 people yeah mm-hmm. um and i enjoyed the fact that they wanted to make characters out of these people presenting the show um, and letting sure. that be what they were doing. And I like Thomas Lennon. I think that he's funny. Um, and this was sort of my first introduction to him, which is why when I would watch him pop up in other things, I'm like, wow, he's way different than I than I would have thought. Because he's mm-hmm. so energetic here as Meredith LePan. Um, but I liked that idea of let's take the variety show idea and then mix in some sketch comedy with these characters. But that's it. That, those are our characters. And everything's going to yeah. be based around that. And the show did end with, uh, they called it the marriage special. And I think, if I remember correctly, Meredith and Agatha actually get married again. Um, they did <laughs> oh, a nice. good ending. They did a, uh, they did a special in Las Vegas for one of them. And they actually had a reunion show just a few years ago, like a 25th anniversary uh, reunion show for, for this, that they did a live performance 
of Viva Variety. So they all nice. still really like it. It's just one of those things where I also think that this show is kind of criminally underseen because it's, it's not available anywhere. So much of that sure. that era of stuff that was on like Comedy Central, it's just not out there. Somebody had their old VHS copies and digitized them and put them on archive.org. And yeah. that's the and even those aren't the complete set because there's a lot of repeats. Yeah, and what what a wild time for Comedy Central and MTV and all like it, it's had there was a there was a vibe around all these Viacom properties because I think Comedy Central and that's mm. all owned by the same people. But there's this like rambunctious set, camera zooms in, zooms out, wild color palette thing that was going on at that mm-hmm. time. And I think that's what was the so tra- what transported me back in time because I'm seeing shows like singled out and whatnot on MTV. More shows I didn't understand, but my <laughs> friends were like, "This show is great." I'm like, I don't, I don't get it. Well, seeing this, so, like, but. The commercials took me back, seeing that, hey, South Park has only just had its first season. Right. Holy crap. I remember when that hit and everybody was talking about South Park. Like, a buddy of mine got the bootleg of the one that they didn't air on TV, where they're killing Santa and swearing like crazy, um, just before it aired. And then, at the end, Daily Show with Craig Kilborn. No, I yeah. was like, holy cow. Einstein. I was like, "Where? what are we doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> when Ben Stein's money. That was my jam. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. Yeah, this was a time where Comedy Central really like wanted to experiment with some some different stuff. And mm-hmm. so they threw, they threw the spaghetti at the wall with uh, Viva Variety and wanted to see. And it stuck for a little while. It just didn't, uh, didn't last super long. But I kind of miss seeing that. Now... Amy brings up a good point, which is that you can get the variety show experience just through YouTube uh, in a lot of ways. But I yeah. did I did kind of enjoy... There's also like a manic energy to 90s era um, shows that that I feel like you can, you can experiment with and get away with a few things that just you would never think to do. Like you would never think to, to make a variety show, but also make it like this weird comedy and have these through threads of like the, the couple that hate each other, but yet get along well enough to do the show. I also love some of the jokes he would make on her wardrobe. (laughs) The Puerto Rican funeral. There's (laughs) one later on where she's wearing a dress and it's got a bunch of feathers on it. And he just stops and looks at her and he's like, did you have a run in with an ostrich before the show? What happened? (laughs) Uh, Cause her, her costume would get more and more ridiculous as it went along. Um, so I, again, I, I had a good time with it because it's just stupid and I can kind of park my brain and let the dumb humor take over. Um, oh, yeah. My my thing with these shows, and this is probably going to be the case with several, is that a sketch show, if a skit doesn't land for you, humor-wise, mm-hmm. you're cringing for five to ten minutes, <laughs> uh, which is kind of happened to me a couple times. Travis, I know it's it's you know everybody's got a different vibe. Mm-hmm. It's I'm not making fun of your your sense of humor. I just did, there were a few things I'm just like, "Ooh. Ooh, this isn't working for me. This is a <laughs> this is rough." But then Tom Mullica comes on and I'm like, "All right, I can watch this. This is all right. <laughs> I'm entertained." So it's like hit and miss. I think because I also like you were saying you kind of transported back to being 13. And watching a show that you yeah. didn't quite get. For me, it was transported back to sort of 
early high school and that sophomoric humor that just made you laugh and you're like, this is stupid, but why <laughs> I some for some reason find this funny. And sure. Even though I know it's a they're you know, it's a bad joke. It's not really like a well written joke, but there's something about it that for me I can appreciate. Yeah. But I have an I have an odd sense of humor at times too. That doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. So there's like a, a it's a Mad TV versus SNL kind of vibe, you know. Like Mad TV for me has never been funny, like ever <laughs> to me. Okay. But SNL has funny here and there, and this this felt more like Mad TV ish, like lower production quality. It is very small audience, but like, I can, uh, like Amy was saying, I can see where you're going with I, that I because got that, yeah, some of those early seasons of Mad TV I enjoyed. Um, because sure. they were just, they were trying, they weren't trying to just replicate the humor that you would find on SNL. They weren't trying to be SNL necessarily. Yeah. Um, they were trying. They were they were able to because it was smaller. They were able to kind of go different directions. I I think some of the jokes don't play as well today. I think that's another part of it. Is mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, it, it's just like the cigarette tricks. Like cigarette tricks aren't going to work today because nobody wants to do anything involving smoking or regurgitating those cigarettes (laughs) it was the best non-smoking ad like like forget dare like what were we doing like just this and then i never want to be near a cigarette again i ever it works it works Mm -hmm. right um so yeah, I mean that's there's not a whole lot more to say about Viva Variety uh, as a show, but I do think that variety shows the the beauty of them is there's a a vast assortment um, while all kind of doing the same thing. You get because it, it comes down to sort of your hosts and the vibe that they want to put into that, right? So uh-huh. whoever it is and whatever type of vibe they're going for, which is why you get the differences with like hee-haw or uh, Laugh-In or Ed Sullivan or whomever. Um, it's just there's a lot of differences to those. So variety yeah. is a great word for it because you get different acts and different uh, different things. And this was like kind of that wanting to be edgy late 90s version of one of those shows. So I think I can yeah. pretty well guess that none of the three of you want to watch any more of this. I'm getting I'm getting it's shaking my head from everybody. Not I don't want to crap all over your TV choice, Travis. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think the show is necessarily to blame as much as maybe the era that it was sitting in uh, is is some of some of the issue. Where I look back and much like AB, just go, I'm sorry, we just I'm didn't so know. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm... it's like being that middle school kid just listening to Corn and Limp Biscuit and acting stupid. You're like, why did we do any of that? So <laughs> Woodstock put... 99's documentary hit home for me. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I after I watched this, I put it out on my Twitter that I know I was there, but like, were people okay in the 90s? And um, <laughs> one of my one of my followers said. Uh, we weren't, but we had the Spice Girls, and that made us think that we were. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay, we did. It's mm-hmm. fine. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were that's, that's there were definitely. Point. This was much more of like that kind of uh, the. I don't want to call it underground because it was on Comedy Central, like it was on a major yeah. cable network. But it's got that feel. It's sort of like. Uh, it's kind of. I, I would make the comparison with 
say, Johnny Carson and David Letterman when they were running concurrently, mm-hmm. where yeah. Carson was, you know, was mainstream and Letterman didn't want to just be that. So he would do all sorts of like, especially if you go back and watch or find any episodes of early Letterman stuff, it's a lot. He, he took a lot of risks. He went a lot of different uh, directions with stuff that he would later on kind of smooth out because he was late, late show. He was way mm-hmm. late at night. He didn't have as many restrictions and he didn't want to just be a carbon copy of Johnny Carson. So he was going to go in some different directions. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what a lot of uh, people growing up in that era going into the 90s, suddenly they want to do that. And when it's a comedy troupe like The State, they get offered to do a show like this, they're going to try and push the boundaries, which is why it's amazing what they were able to get away with on a TV PG rating. I, I think there's also yeah. something to be said about the state of Comedy Central at this point in the late 90s. Like, they were just starting to do shows like this. Like, again, South Park Season 1 had just come out. We've got The Daily Show with Craig Kilborn, which, if you know your history was not great until they got rid of Craig Kilborn and brought on Jon Stewart. Like, I remember watching Comedy Central at this time mostly for stand-up shows and the British Whose Line Is It Anyway? Like, that's what I remember watching Mm -hmm. all the time on Comedy Central, and that's what dominated on Comedy Central. So I think there's also something to be said that Viva Variety was just, you know, kind of trying to stake a claim on this network where there wasn't much room for it yet. You know, I think something like this probably would have done better a couple of years later. Yeah, and I think, too, when Comedy Central started to, um, the Daily Show especially, the way that it morphed from Craig Kilborn to Jon Stewart. And because early, early uh, Daily Show had its moments, but it matured and it, and, it, uh, and it grew to be a better thing when Stewart took over. There was something he mm-hmm. was able to do that Kilborn just didn't have. And this show, V Variety, is much more in line with your Craig Kilborn era uh, daily show than later on. So it is more sophomoric, and I think that it uh, had it maybe matured some and had time to grow, it could have, could have had some longer lasting, but it, it wasn't really a show to do that. It wasn't, and I don't think it was ever going to be. So, but yeah, that's that's Viva Variety, uh, it's a, a quirky, weird uh, variety show from the late '90s. That um, look, if you want to watch it, it's up on archive.org. Uh, you can watch a bunch of the episodes. If nothing else, check out some of the bands that are on there. They had some good yeah. musical acts, mm-hmm. and you can skip ahead and get through uh, some of the uh, you know cigarette tricks to get to the music. I really do think people should watch this episode for the cigarette tricks. I don't I, that that mystified me, but then immediately go look at these other like I'm Travis. The other episodes you had Abe Vagoda was on one of them. No, oh, wow. mm-hmm. like what the what, what Abe Vagoda and Real Big Fish were I think on the same episode and Sister Hazel. Like what the, what is going on? I I almost if I had the time today I would have watched it. I may still go back. So it's not a complete loss because I'm looking at archived live performance footage of bands I like. So, okay, I mean, let's go. Mm-hmm. There was a great uh, bit they did in their first season where they had Walter Koenig come on, and he was... It was, All right. It was Chekhov does Chekhov, where he okay, would read okay. Chekhov that's as smart. Chekhov. That, that's funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
None of this was. Yeah, I'm in. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So I think Amy, the problem was I picked a bad episode for you. It was not. I think is what happened. Yeah, let's say that. So, yeah. But that—that's where I'm saying like the show. Audie's the show could have the yeah. same. When, when, Audie will never smoke again now. <laughs> no, I, I already think... had a big thing, like mental thing against <laughs> cigarettes and smoking for personal reasons, <laughs> family history stuff. So <laughs> that just was like, Bleh. no, thank you. <laughs> but I think, too, that sort of speaks to variety shows and how they can swing a lot of ways, right? Oh, because sure. it's going to really depend on what do you have for your act, who's your musical act, and like, how much do because if you get if you get Walter Koenig in and you're doing checkoff on checkoff, like that's a bit you can do, but if you don't have that, if your if your uh, act is the juggler, you only have like three minutes of that before you're done watching a guy juggle, and then you've got to fill that with something else. So it's sort of see, I th- that's what made the Muppets such a good variety show because it did not matter; they could carry a show one hundred percent on their own. Yeah. Well, I'm wondering too. Like with this show, it's only three people, so yeah. that's a that's another yeah. part of it. It's a very small and mm-hmm. only having those three characters, not having them playing multiple characters in their sketches, may have been a little bit limiting too. Yeah, yeah, hard to say. Um, but uh, I'll find the check off on check off one for you, Amy, and I'll, I'll send right. you that. You can you can watch that because uh, that is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> I think uh, uh, Whoopi Goldberg was on an episode at one point. Um, nice in like season three, so they they you know they did quite a bit. Uh, there's thirty something episodes that got made, but yeah, that's uh, that's our start of variety shows for this month. Um, we've got some fun ones coming up too. Now, who's uh, audience? You next week, right? Yeah, buddy. All right, what are you so, bringing us? Where are we going next? Next week, I'm just going classic variety show. I am bringing us some hee haw, hee haw. Oh boy! All and, right. Uh, the, I thought about it because I've got some connections there, and I'll talk about it next week. But trying to find this online at all was a little bit of a challenge. But somebody had just recorded a bunch of episodes and put them on YouTube. So this particular episode is from 1985. It's numbered 137. I have no idea if it's season 16 or 17. I tried to find through uh, IMDb, and even their database is not complete with any of this stuff. So, um, I found that with a lot of these variety shows, mm-hmm. it's yeah. tough yeah. to nail these down because they were. It's it's like trying to find specific episodes of late night shows. Yeah, I just I want to for our audience's sake. I'm looking at our at our uh, spreadsheet, and thus far for the three episodes that have been. Uh, looked at so far we have archive.org youtube and daily motion if you're wondering how deep we have to dig for these now and those links will be in the show notes on your podcasting Mm -hmm. app so just click the show notes and and you can find the link to the next episode and and i'll go ahead and tell you now hee haw is a country music heavy show so if you want to if you are not inclined to listen to it you can skip some of the songs willie nelson does appear um, and I forget which, uh, song of his that he does. He does one of his mainstays. Um, I mean, I'm but yeah. I'm a bad mouth Willie Nelson. Oh, yeah. No. I mean, I will eat at a Texas roadhouse, so it's, okay. uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, there's an, some interesting tidbits I've, I've started to find about this particular episode I chose. And it's, it's one that's actually really good quality. So, um, nice. 
yeah, this will be fun. It'll be fun. I have not. Uh, I, I remember watching Hee Haw, but it's been a while. So this will be mm-hmm. kind of a fun little trip. So, yeah, that's uh, next week we're going to be discussing Hee Haw as we continue a variety show month of uh, a variety of different variety shows. We're going in a very different direction now. So this will be fun. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's what's coming up next week. Uh, we have no feedback this week. Um, but uh, if you want to send us an email, those were the days at gmail.com. Uh, you can also those were the days show at gmail.com. Thank you. Those were the days show at gmail.com. Uh, there's also twitter.com slash those days show. You can uh, hit us up there. And um, yeah, uh, we put the show out uh, once a week whenever Stephen gets around to posting it. So <laughs> this will be up soon, and we'll have show notes on where to watch uh, the episode of Hee Haw that we're going to watch next week. And coming up in a couple of weeks, we'll have another poll for you all to help us choose our next category. So we'll we'll actually have it this time. Yes. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do one. We'll make it happen. Yes. <laughs> So that'll, that's what's coming up is Hee Haw next week, led by our own sw- uh, Sweatsuit Squad member, Audie Norman. <laughs> Until then, for Stephen, for Audie, for Amy, I am Travis saying thanks for hanging out and uh, have a good night, everybody.